Howdy, howdy, once again, and welcome to episode 200 of Keeping Up with the King. We're in Matthew chapter 19, and we are reading about Jesus talking about marriage and divorce, and how Jesus talks about um, the only grounds. Well, well, let's, hey, rather than me telling you what he said, I could just read you what he said. Wow, he says this in verse 9. He says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Now, this is a tricky saying because um, there are those people that that are Christians in the church, and they go, "Well, what do I what do I do? I I I'm a Christian, and I divorced my spouse for a reason other than sexual immorality. It was irreconcilable differences, um, which was us saying we can't get along, um, we can't reconcile, uh, and." I've married someone else. And so the Bible is saying here that I'm committing adultery. So what do I do? Do I, because now do I leave this person I'm married to and go back and marry the person I was married to previously? Well, actually in the old Testament law, that was not allowed. You were not allowed to, uh, if you married somebody, and you divorced them and married somebody else. You weren't allowed to go back to spouse number one. That was a that was a no no uh, at the time. And so, um, I think this is one of those one of those challenging things where, uh, and I've talked about this the last few times about a lot of times when we read these things, they're warnings for the future. They're not so much for us to look at and beat ourselves up and say, "Look what I've done." It it, it is definitely a thing to say, "Oh my gosh, look what I've done." God, forgive me. God, have mercy on me. Forgive me for what I've done. And um, and understand that sin has consequences, that there's going to be ripple effects because of what you've done. And that means apologizing, not just to the Lord, but to people, you know, to your kids, um, because they're going to, um, they're going to have consequences in their life. There's going to be developmental issues. There's going to be emotional scarring. There's going to be problems. It doesn't matter how old they are or were when it happened. And so there's those things you have to be ready to deal with. And, you know, there are those people that I've, I've heard people say this, well, you know, my first marriage was so bad and then my second marriage was great and God has so blessed it and it's so good. Are you telling me that it's a sin that I'm married to this person? No, no, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, the first, the first sin of, of divorce when it was not because of, you know, well, who, I don't know what your reasons were. And I don't even know if you are divorced. I guess that doesn't make any sense. But one way or another, the, the question is, was there a, a point where you were not acting in faithful obedience to the Lord? When you got that divorce, were you saying, God, I believe in faith, I'm trusting according to your word that this is what you would have me do. Um, or did you just do what you wanted? And when you got remarried, were you saying like, this is Lord, this is what I believe that you would have me do. And I don't know the answers to those questions. I don't know if God really made those things clear. I don't, I don't know. That's not my point. My point is basically this, that when you read this stuff and you think like, well, does that mean I'm committing adultery every time I'm with my current wife? No, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is to number one, to warn people ahead of time. So that the unmarried would look at these things and say, okay, this is the standard. This is what I'm getting into. And I think that's one of those things that we need to make sure that unmarried people understand before they get married. This is God's standard. 
this is God's standard. And if you hear God's standard and you go like, I can't do that, or I don't trust the person that I'm getting married to, to commit to lifelong, like this way, well, then, then you're not, don't get married. You know, and that's the point. And what what's beautiful about this is the disciples get it, right? Because he says this and they're going like, whoa, wait a minute. If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. All right, they're going like, well, then it's better not to get married because if if I marry the wrong person, then and I get a divorce, and then uh, then I'm committing adultery. This is major major problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, adultery in their culture, um, big thing. You know, major con major consequences. Not just in our culture where people go, oh, that's nice that you that you know. I've heard people say, God gave me the strength to to leave my husband or leave my wife. And like, God gave you the strength to, are you, are you sure? Are you sure that's what was going on? Um, because, you know, again, Jesus grounds for divorce, the bi- biblical grounds for divorce aren't my husband is a jerk or my wife just goes out with her friends every night and they just gab and she doesn't have time for me. That that's, that's not the biblical grounds for divorce. And what I've seen in my experience, and again, this is very limited, my experience, is that people don't want to do what the Bible says. They don't want to die to themselves. They don't want to take up their cross daily. They don't want to strive to be godly and holy and righteous. They just want a more comfortable situation. And the desire for the comfortable situation is a justification for all sorts of sin and evil. And it doesn't look like sin and evil because our society says, oh, it's good. You need to, you know, you need to, you need to have self-care, self-care, lots of self-care. And what they forgot to say is uh, others care. Yeah, you're, what you're doing is going to destroy your children. What you're doing is going to destroy you and you don't even know it. It's This is going to cause damage and ripple effects within your family. It's going to tear apart other people's relationships. And you might not think that's the case if you're considering these things or you maybe you're in denial about the past, but that's what happens. Um, those those things happen. And so God is serious about these things. And Jesus is serious about these things. And his standard that he lays out is one that when the disciples hear it, they say, well, in, if the, those are the standards, it's better for us not to get married. I mean, that's that's the that's their conclusion. Does that is that my conclusion? Absolutely not. That's not my conclusion. But I think I have a very different situation from them. I think I'm in a very different culture than they are. I think that I am very blessed in that I married a very godly woman who loved the Lord, and that I didn't jump into a marriage because of um, sexual immorality that we were trying to avoid or or lust that we couldn't. Um, lustful um, feelings that we we couldn't uh, contain you read about that in first uh, corinthians 7 but that we were people that were seeking the lord and seeking his will and were willing to be single for him rather than just looking for somebody to fill the jesus based spot in my heart i wasn't looking for somebody to f- make me feel loved and important and cherished and somebody to make me happy i already had that in jesus as did she and so um we haven't, we have, have had marriage struggles, plenty of them, but we have never had a bad marriage. We've never had an unhappy marriage. I don't think we've ever had like 
times where we were for more than a day not liking each other. I don't think that's happened. And so for me, I think this is very possible. These these things, I don't have the same response that the disciples do, but I think I have a very different viewpoint because um, we both know Jesus and know him intimately and are pursuing him together. So if you don't have that, does that mean you divorce the person and go find somebody that does? No, it just means that you've got more work set out for you because um, the Christian life isn't about being comfortable. It's not about finding somebody to make you happy. It's about taking up your cross daily and following him. Because I cannot tell you how many marriage problems would be solved if both partners would just die to themselves, lay down their lives and follow Jesus. They'll start serving each other. They'll start putting the other person first. They will listen. They will show respect. They will show care. They will, uh, there will be kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and grace. All those things that you desire in marriage, not because you are focusing on your spouse, but because the center of your life is Jesus and you're laying down your life daily. And you are saying, hey, what did you say? Oh, yeah. Love, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Laying down your life for her daily. Yeah, guys, do that. Lay down your life for her daily. If your life stinks, well, you know what? Start investing in your wife. Make it about her. And um, don't fall into the trap of immersing yourselves in nightly games of softball and hours and hours of a virtual world that you descend into to hide from the real one. It's not easy, but the best things in life aren't. But here's the great thing. You have a God who loves you. And if you're a Christian today, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And if the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, he can raise your marriage from the dead too. Amen. Talk to you next time.